Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the May 1992 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Rituals and Man, written by Julian H. Cambridge, 32nd degree. As we contemplate the word ritual and its meanings, it becomes difficult not to think of man, and when we think of man, it becomes difficult not to think of ritual. From time immemorial, man and rituals coexisted. Man is, in fact, a ritual being. One would then ask, what are these ceremonial acts and why are they an inherent part of our nature? Stated simply, rituals convey meaningful symbolic and moral lessons, lessons about our strengths and weaknesses, high aspirations, and basic flaws. Rituals arouse the inner nature of man and afford him opportunities to receive glimpses of his true self. These ceremonial acts, therefore, awaken within us emotions which are usually dormant and insights which are often shrouded. From the very early stages of our realization of ourselves, we become aware that there is something outside of us which is much larger than ourselves. We realize that there is a macrocosmic world of which we are a microcosm and from which we cannot separate ourselves without hazarding great damage to our spiritual selves. In an attempt to connect and understand these two worlds, the macrocosmic and microcosmic, and his relation to it, man from the beginning of his existence has employed rituals. As we look around and observe meaningful incidents, it becomes quite evident that rituals are constantly being used. There are rituals for birth, growing up, and assuming adult responsibilities, graduation from schools, marriage, our demise, and many other occasions. Since rituals are such a necessary and paramount part of us, they must be accurately expressed. To accomplish this, we use language, gestures, acts, symbols, and costumes. When these modes of expression are effectively applied, man's inner nature is aroused, and he glimpses the immortal and imperishable parts of his dual nature. He discovers the strengths which enable him to embark on the hero's journey, not as a courageous act, but as self-discovery. Through ritual, man finds within himself the sources of character to meet his destiny. The origins of these ceremonial acts, their development and evolution, are difficult to discover and define despite the fact that the use of ritual is universal and immemorial. There is little doubt, however, that the earliest rituals evolved around the cycles of nature and man. They sought to explain the existence of the world, the sequence of seasons, the growth of crops, the nature of animals, human society, and man himself. Indeed, every culture, nation, and institution has developed ritual forms to fit its reason for existence, its microcosm, into the larger macrocosm or reason for all existence. Ultimately, ritual provides a focus, a core, a reason for being, and such is the case with our own fraternity the august and noble order of Freemasons. Therefore, to think of Freemasonry is, forthwith, to contemplate ritual. To think about Freemasonry without, at the same time, thinking about ritual is like thinking about birds without wings or cars without wheels. Wings allow birds to fly. 
wheels enable cars to move. And so rituals inspire and teach us moral lessons and cause us to fly above, move around, and pass through the stale and negative episodes which confront us every day of our lives. Freemasonry without proper, effective, and emotionally moving rituals is not Freemasonry at all. It is true that rituals can become exoteric and dry. If rituals merely remind us of the opening and closing of lodge or other routine ceremonies, then we have failed to grasp what rituals communicate to us. What rituals rightly performed and executed accomplish is to resuscitate those dormant but divine qualities which are within us, thus enabling us to accomplish the task to which the great architect of the universe has assigned us. For ceremonial acts to be effective, they must evoke within us the utmost we are capable of accomplishing. It therefore behooves us to pay very close attention to rituals and what they teach us. More importantly, we must make a wholehearted effort to live a life in congruence with our Masonic rituals and the lessons they impart to us. There are many concerns expressed about the future of Freemasonry. My answer to these concerns is, more of us must make a true effort to apply at every if and when we do, our non-Masonic friends and other associates will see Masonry's light shining in us and will ask to share in it. Man is ethical in potentiality, even if, unfortunately, not in actuality. His capacity for ethical judgment, like his capacity for reason and the other unique characteristics of the human being, is based upon the consciousness which ritual evokes in him. If we practice the lessons of Freemasonry, I assure you our lives will be resplendent and the future of our fraternity will be secured, for the basic step in achieving inward freedom is to apply the insights imparted to us through our Masonic rituals. The following article is from the March 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA and is titled Ritual, Who Needs It? by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. Who needs ritual? The short answer is, we do. To explain why it takes a little longer. In a very real sense, it is the ritual of masonry which makes masonry work. Ritual is the channel through which masonry teaches. But it is more than that. Because ritual is so important to masonry, it's worth taking a little time to talk about the nature of ritual itself and why it is central to the Masonic experience. First of all, ritual is a virtual necessity to all humans, in fact, to nearly all animals. This is so true that all human brains come hardwired to respond to ritual. Very few things in human beings are instinctive, almost everything is learned behavior, but the response to ritual has been located by brain anatomist in the oldest and most primitive part of the brain just above the brain stem, in the same areas which controls alertness and the emotions. Ritual is as natural to us as love, or aggression, or cooperation. All of us engage in ritual all the time. We just don't always recognize it. Most of us have a morning routine. For example, some of us shave before showering, some of us shaved after showering, some shave while showering. But whichever it is, we usually do it the same way. A few people even have morning routines so exact that they always put on the right sock before the left. This morning routine is a ritual. Most of us shake hands when we are introduced to somebody. That is a ritual, as is bowing in the Orient upon being introduced. Pledging allegiance to the flag is a ritual. Bowing the head during prayer is ritual. Making coffee in the morning is ritual. Starting a meal with soup or salad and ending with dessert is ritual. Our lives are filled and surrounded with rituals from birth to marriage to death. Why? 
Ritual gives us a framework to organize events. We don't deal well with chaos. We make lists of things to do, to buy, to read. Ritual does the same thing for us. By doing things in a given order, which is the essence of Ritual, we make sure everything gets done. Even churches which try to make a point of not using Ritual use Ritual in that sense. The order in which hymns are sung, the collection is taken, the sermon is given, and prayer is offered seldom changes for a given congregation. The primary reason most of us have a morning ritual is to make sure that we don't overlook shaving or brushing our teeth or some other aspect of preparing for the day. Ritual provides a sort of mental checklist for many of life's activities. Ritual helps us in our relationships to others. Almost all families have family rituals, things they just do in certain ways. Those rituals might include such things as making it a point to eat together on certain days, calling at certain times of the day, giving certain kinds of gifts. There are thousands of possibilities. Those rituals strengthen the unity of the family. Other rituals relate to those outside the family. Shaking hands when we meet, taking turns talking in a conversation, almost all of the things we classify as polite or consider a person as rude if he doesn't do, are matters of social ritual. They help to make everyone comfortable and help situations move smoothly. Ritual is a powerful teaching tool. In fact, it was probably the very first teaching tool. Among some tribes, hunting rituals teach the young man how to hunt effectively. Mnemonics, phrases which help us remember things such as 30 days, half September, April, June, and November, are rituals, as is learning the alphabet by singing the alphabet song. The military developed many rituals, patterns of repeated behavior, to teach recruits how to maintain weapons. Ritual helps give us a sense of identity. It may seem strange, but people often define themselves by their actions. I am a salesman, a mechanic, a professor, a millwright, etc. That's not limited to what we do for a living. Our rituals, our actions, give an underlying sense of reality to our lives. We feel right or complete when we follow certain rituals, and we feel uncomfortable, even distraught, when these rituals are not followed. Ritual helps us prepare, helps us get in the mood for what is to follow. Whether the event is a church service or a football game, most repeating events have a ritual of some sort which helps set the emotional tone, and we would have a strong sense of wrongness if those were violated. If a church service started with band music and cheerleaders or a football game started with a liturgical procession, for example. Ritual lets us condense a lot into a little time. Ritual enriches an experience by concentrating it. Rather than involving a full exposition like a lecture, Ritual makes references to things and leaves us to think about and fill in the details for ourselves. To illustrate with a portion of church ritual, consider just the last line of the doxology, Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The concept of the Trinity is a very hard concept to wrap the mind around. Rather than giving the many hours of discussion which would be necessary to explore the topic, the ritual simply mentions it and leaves us to do the thinking if we are so inclined. The ritual of masonry involves all the above points and more. Masonic ritual, the opening and the closing, the degrees, even the ritual of voting, organizes the events and makes sure that everything happens that is supposed to. Masonic ritual helps us define ourselves as masons and strengthens the fraternal ties which bind us together as brothers, and that effect is international and cross-cultural. We know we have shared experiences with masons from all over the world. Masonic ritual is a teaching tool. The lessons and values of masonry are taught through ritual and symbols. Masonic ritual helps set the tone and mood of the meeting. It helps us set aside the concerns of the outside world and focus on the great truths of human and spiritual nature. 
Masonic ritual obviously condenses experience. It contains elements which raise important questions, but which are deliberately left unexplored because it wants the Mason to think them through for himself. To give just a few examples, why are the three ruffians fellow countrymen of the man they murder? Why does a murderer mark a grave so it can be found again if necessary, when the very last thing a murderer would want is for anyone to find the grave of his victim? Why is there a rubble heap at the temple when we are told that all the stones are cut and finished in the quarries and fit perfectly without further adjustment? Masonic ritual gives full range to Masons to explore their own interest. Many of my best friends love learning and performing the ritual. My own interests deal with the interpretation of the ritual and the symbols it uses, especially with the effects the ritual is designed to produce in the minds of initiates and the ways in which those effects are produced. Others are especially interested in the history of the ritual and the way it has changed and evolved over the years. One mason I know is interested in the ritual from the standpoint of a cultural anthropologist, and he enjoys tracing the ways the ritual relates to the great initiatory traditions of history. Masonic ritual is large enough and complex enough to accommodate all those interests and many more. So, again, the answer to the question, who needs ritual anyway, is we all do. The ritual of masonry meets many needs and many interests. It is not the same thing as masonry, any more than a sermon is the same thing as a church. But it is a primary way we teach and learn. It is the glue which holds us together. It is important. It makes us, us. This last portion is also from the March 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, and I think ties in very well with the whole aspect of ritual, and is titled, What I Learned from the Degrees, by Harold C. Jensen, 33rd Degree. So, as you listen to this, think about not only the degrees, but the the ritual that goes along with the degrees, the opening of lodge, the ritual themselves, the perambulations, the charges, the lectures. Take all of that into account as you listen to what this gentleman puts down as to what he learned. I learned obedience to the laws of country, God, and nature. To be a man of honor and conscience, preferring duty above all. I learned devotion to family, friends, community, and humanity. Faithfulness to promises made and vows assumed. Kindness and indulgence to all and readiness with assistance by every means in my power. I learned industry and honesty, to study, hear, and think much, and to say little, and to take no wages for work I cannot perform, to possess only what I have honestly earned, and always to be able to say no man is poorer because I am richer. I learned that I should control my temper and govern my passions, that I might aid in keeping peace and harmony among men, masonry's great purpose being the peace of society in the world. I learned to inculcate justice and mercy in decisions and judgment, that a wrong done by one man to another, whether to his person, his property, his happiness, or his reputation, is an offense against justice. I learned in my search after truth that happiness is not affected by riches or poverty, but is engendered by unselfish service to others. I learned that masonry champions love, charity, and tolerance while crusading against ignorance, intolerance, fanaticism, superstition, greed, and error. I learned that masonry is not a religion, but a way of life, a search for truth, a belief in immortality, and a faith in God. 
I learned to believe in and practice precepts with a fervent zeal to become a better man and to impress my fellow man by my actions to live likewise that the world should be free from vice and ill-doing and, instead, devoted to universal peace and brotherly love. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.